to his name. Let's give the hand to the Lord. Thank you, Lord. Glory to your name, Father. Thank you for the blood of the Lord Jesus Christ. Thank you for the perfect Lamb of God. Amen. God bless you richly this morning. Nice atmosphere to be get into and just thank the Lord for that. And thank God for the Holy Spirit and His presence. I greet you in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, all the visitors and all the regulars this morning. And uh, Sister Aniku has been welcomed and God bless you richly. We are so happy that you are here. Sister Elizabeth, God bless you richly. Um, she developed some of the qualities in Brother Kevin. I saw him one time singing. I said, okay, now that she's here, he has no excuse not to sing some specials for us. <laughs> so we yeah, are thankful that. Um, and uh, there have been our prayers, and uh, so thankful that she's here. And uh, the brother is now complete. Amen. Amen. Can be an inspiration for some of the other people. Brother Nathaniel, I was thankful that you are here. Good to see you. God bless you richly. And uh, all the others, and maybe I miss some, but God bless you richly. And Sister Casey, I thank you for the song. It's been wonderful. I just go to the Lord in prayer. Father Lord Jesus Christ, like the last song that was singing, Lord, the power of the blood can never be diminished, can never be lost. No matter what the devil will try to throw at us, the blood of Jesus Christ will stay intact. Father, it's the bleach. Whatever you put inside of it, Father, it's brought back to the original what it was. Father, the sin that the devil will try to put on us, it's sent back to himself. We thank you, Father, for the blood of Jesus Christ that can change our red status, Father, to a white status, Father. We thank you for that blood of Jesus Christ that, Lord, through it we can be made complete and perfect. Father, we couldn't redeem ourselves. We couldn't pay the price for ourselves. We couldn't pay the debt for ourselves. But you came, and Father, you, Lord, pour your own blood, your own life, Father, so that that life can come back to us, Lord. It's not the blood of the Jew, it's not the blood of uh, the Gentile, it's the blood of God himself. Father, we are so thankful for that, Lord Jesus Christ. And here, even this, this morning, Lord, we come just applying that blood upon our lives, applying the blood for the service, Lord. May you, Father, come and intervene in a special way this morning. May you put, Father, the speaker aside. May you put, Father, the hearer aside. Let the Holy Spirit speak. Let the Holy Spirit hear. Father, we want to hear from you, Lord. No other man can help another man, as we usually say, and recognize it. Only your word, Father, can help us in our daily walk. We are living, Father, in a time, the perilous time. Father, we have need of you. We have need of the Holy Ghost. We have need of, Father, of the power of the, of the Holy Ghost. We have need, Lord, of your presence in a continual way. Father, may you come and speak to our heart, Lord. We surrender ourselves to you, Lord. You know the need among us. You know the need in the body. You know the need, Father, Lord, in the body of Christ, Lord. May you visit each need, Father, this morning. We love you with all our heart. We praise your name. We glorify you, Lord. And we surrender ourselves to you in the name of Jesus Christ. 
Bless our pastor. Bless brother Ed who is also traveling. May your presence be with him, Lord. And bless each member this morning. In the name of Jesus Christ, we pray. Amen. Amen. Thank you, musicians. God bless you richly. Thank the Lord for the services on last Sunday and uh, mind of the overcomer, the one on Wednesday, Brother Ed took as well, and the other one, Brother Andrew, we have been blessed, and uh, just see the continuity of the Holy Ghost speaking to our heart. We can't complain. We are really blessed, amen. Thank God for that. And between that, I'm sure you are listening to the prophet, listening to sermons. So we have spiritual food in due season. We are not like in the wilderness. We really have plenty of food, man. I want to take advantage of that. I invite you to go to the Word of God in Psalm 77. Then we'll go to Isaiah, and later on we go to Psalm again. I'd like to bring a thought this morning on the, the remembrance as a thought of encouragement, I think. And God says, will the Lord cast off forever? Will he be favorable no more? 77 verse 7 and verse 8. Is his mercy clean gone forever? Doth his promise fail forevermore? Hath God forgotten to be gracious? Hath he in anger shut up his tender mercies? Salah. As I said, this is my infirmity, but I will remember the years of the right hand of the Most High. I will remember the works of the Lord. Surely I will remember the, thy wonders of old. I will meditate also of all thy work and Talk of thy doings. Thy way, O God, is in the century. Who is so great? Who is so great a God as our God? Thou art the God that doest wonders, and that hast declared thy strength among the people. Amen. Then we go to Isaiah 45. They are forty three and five. I, even I, I am he that blotteth out the transgressions for mine own sake, will not remember thy sins. Put me in remembrance, let us plead together, declare thou that thou mayest be justified. May God bless his word. Can I just have a word of prayer once again? Father, Lord, we thank you for the word. We have opened the scripture, Father. We've tried to read as a, a human being can read, Father. 
May you come and give us the context and the revelation behind it. Put some thought, Father, some, something that can help us in our walk, get closer to you, Father, our desire. Desire is not, Father, to show knowledge or anything. Right. It won't help, Father. What we need, Lord, is the word that can feed our soul. The Holy Spirit feeds only on the word of God. Father, Lord, remember also the families and church. Father, Lord, the family Pruitt and the church, Father, are going through a time, Lord, even today. I think there is a funeral and a service. Father, you know how the heart attached. Lord, yourself, you, when, when your best friend died, you knew how it was hard as a human being. You understand. You are the only comforter, Father. May you touch them and comfort them during this time. Father, remember also all other churches affected and touched in Africa, India, and South America, other places, Father. May you be merciful, Father, and just your healing hand be upon them and your comforting hand be upon them. In Jesus Christ, may we pray. Amen. And have your seat. I said, I would like to share with you a thought on uh, reminding the Lord of his promise in its season. As we read in Isaiah 43, the Bible says, put me in remembrance. Means remind me, remind me. God himself is urging his people to remind him, to, 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 to bring him to memory, to remind him what, what he promised. It says that why it's important, I believe, in everything in your walk, as you are walking, God wants you, the word that he speaks to you, to become an anchor, to become an absolute, to become a reality to you, to know that God has spoken to you, to know that it's a revelation, personal revelation to you. And then from based on that revelation, based upon that revelation, you can come back to God and tell God, you know, God, you told me this. You express this to me. It has to become something that is real to you, that you can come as you can take it as an anchor, as a reference. You can come back to God and say, God, you told me this. That's why I went in this direction. That's why I went in this way. It can be in your marriage, it can be in your work, it can be for your choosing of the church, it can be for every step of your life. It has become a personal revelation to God talking to you. God still talks to people. God still and wants a personal relationship with people. God is real. It's not something for the past, not something only for the prophet. It's someone who is real and wants to, to talk to you in a personal way. And that's what he's saying here. Put me in remembrance. Let us plead together. Declare thou that the mess be justified. I want you and I to commune. We have to commune. We have to have a personal relationship with him. Amen. I think the brother John brought it at some point. He says, can God really forget? Can God really remember? And then from that time, it has been, been, I've been thundering about it. And maybe I'm just going on that, that as well. God is infinite. He's omniscient. He knows everything. He's infinite, omniscient. He knows, he knows Z. He knows the point Z before one, even the point A has already not started. He's the one who knows the end of everything before it's even started. But he still says, you know, you have to remind me. 
you have to remind me. And David will take that and says in Psalm 199, he says, remember, remember the word unto thy servant. Remember the word that you spoke unto thy servant. The word upon which thou hast caused me to hope. This is my comfort in my affliction. For thy word has quickened me. Thy word has quickened me. Thy word is my comfort. Thy word is the anchor. Just put your base, your foundation here. The prophet, Brother Branham, the prophet, will say himself, he says, God will remind God of his own promise. He will say in some place, he says, I'm bringing your word to your remembrance, Lord. I'm bringing your word to your heart, to your remembrance, to your memory. It's your own word that you spoke to me. I don't want to go in a physical, philosophical way this morning. But I just want you to bring that thought to stir our heart a little bit, to think about it. How is it important to remind God of his own word? God wants to be reminded of his own word. You can't, if you can't say, you, I can say this, you can't remind God if you don't remember him. You can't remind God of his own promises if you don't know God's promises. If yourself don't remember God's promises, there is no ability and possibility for you to remind God of his own promises. So you have to remember your, the, God's promises in your own life. The prophet has preached one message, remembering the Lord. And if the good message and I encourage you to read it and to listen to it, remembering the Lord is the first step. You have to remember the Lord in your life. You have to remember the Lord in the decision you are taking. You have to remember the Lord all the time. The prophet will say, it's a glorious thought. It's a glorious thought. It's a glorious thought to remember our Lord. It's a glorious thought to remember what he, he all did for us. It's a glorious thought to remember that there is no one else who could make this possible. It's God. As Brother Dan sang this morning, we have to be thankful to God. Amen. Amen. And we are living in a time here, we are living in a time with the greatest promise, I would say the greatest promise given to the bride is the promise of the rapture. It's a promise of the body change. It's a promise of, 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 of a clean life. It's a promise of victorious life. It's a promise of an overcomer. It's a promise of living in fellowship and true restored fellowship with God. Those promises are real, amen. And you need to keep remembering those promises in our daily work constantly. Because that's what is the backbone of our life. It's the backbone of our relationship. It's the backbone even of our work and everything in our life, that's where we are. David said, I don't want to go a little bit further than my, where I want to go. David said in Psalm 103, says, I have a lot of Bible quotes here, Bible verses. He says, bless the Lord, O my soul, and all that is within me, bless his holy name. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and forget not all his benefits. He will forgive us all thy iniquities, who heal of all thy diseases. Remember, here he's talking to the soul. He says, the soul, you must not forget about all God's benefit. Don't forget God's benefit. You always remember God's benefit. Because we are living in a time, in our time, we are living in the age of your living, where people are becoming unthankful. The Bible pro 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 prophesies about it. It will be at a time where, a perilous time, when people will become unthankful. 
Think about it. The Bible puts the characteristics of being unthankful in the same characteristics as the other one has become covetous, boastful, proud, blasphemous, disobedient to, par- to parents. Then the Bible is emphasized it also become unthankful, unholy. People become unthankful, and when you become unthankful, I'm just going to come on a level here. When you become unthankful, you become a person who always complaining. Because you don't look at the benefit, you don't look at the advantage, you don't look at what the good things you have received. You always focus on the negative side. You always focus, focus on the things that don't work very as you expect it to be. But what about the other things that God has made in your life? What about all the benefit God has, has, has displayed in your life, has given your life? We should have constantly a thankful heart towards our God. For the things he has done, what the greatest thing that God has done in our life is to save you, is to save us, is to reveal his word to us, is to give us that we are also a child of the king, is to reveal to us that you have always been part of God's mind, is to reveal to you that he has never forgotten forgotten you and he will never forget you. A mother might forget his own child, but God will never forget his child. The Lord who's watching you, who's keeping you, shall never slumber nor sleep. He's constantly watching over you and remembers you all the time. This is our God. Amen. Every time Israel was in trouble was because they did not remember the Lord anymore. That's why Israel in the wilderness, they started murmuring constantly. They murmur about, even in Egypt, they murmur when Moses comes with the good news. I'm coming to deliver you. And Pharaoh increased the task or the labor that they had to do. They started murmuring. Why did you say that? Why did you come? They started looking only on the negative side instead of looking to the positive side. And we know that the first exodus is a type of the third exodus. The spirit of murmuring is an evil spirit. The Lord hates the murmuring spirit. Murmuring spirit always look at the things that are negative. Look at the church. Look at this. Look at my wife. Look at my husband. Look at my children. Look at my world. Look at this. I should have a better things. But God is reminding us, put that murmuring spirit aside. Look at what God has done for you. You want to have an overcoming life? Look at what has done for you and continue to do for you. There is nothing that has a greater value than the value of the soul. There is nothing that has a greater value than the value of salvation. There is nothing that has greater value than the value of redemption. But he has done all these things for free for us. How thankful should we be? Amen. In the first exodus, the member after crossing the Red Sea, the member of the boat, if the member of the water not having water, after giving them water, they murmured about the food. After giving them the food, they murmured about the quality of food they had. It was constantly something one after the other, one after the other, forgetting what God has just done for them. Amen. The Lord is trying to respond to that. The Lord was always trying to respond to those memory. They will start from one memory, He will provide to another one. They will start another memory, He will provide to the other one. But they came to a point, came to a point where God said, no, that's, that's enough of their memory. Numbers 14 says, How long shall I bear with this evil congregation which murmur against me? I have heard the murmurings of the children of Israel, which they murmur against me. 
Say unto them, as truly as I live, save the Lord as you have spoken in my ears, so will I do to you. Your carcasses shall fall in this wilderness, and all that were numbered of you according to your whole number, from twenty years old and upward, which have murmured against me. It sounds negative here, but it is a warning that Apostle Paul will pick it up in 1 Corinthians 10. It says, Neither murmur he, as some of them also murmured and were destroyed of the destroyer. All of these things happen unto them, for example, and are written for admonition upon whom the hands of the world are come. I need your help this morning, amen? The Bible says in Judges 8.34, And the children of Israel remembered not the Lord their God, who had delivered them out of the hands of all their enemies on every side. So that's the problem when you don't remember, when you have the spirit of memory, when you don't remember the Lord, it's the source of all troubles. But God has put a physical ordinance of the communion to make sure that we remember the Lord. You have to do those things in remembrance of me. You have to make sure, at least he put the physical ordinances even to the church to make sure that you remember of the Lord. And the prophet will take that to, put, to build upon the thought of remembering the Lord. He says it is important to remember the Lord. I know here we come here this morning, all of us will remember the Lord. That's why we come here. We remember the resurrection. That's why we are here. But that's not only to remember the Lord when you're at church. You have to remember the Lord all the time. When you're at work, when you're at school, wherever you are, remember the Lord all the time. The Bible says in 2 Peter 3, 1, 2 says, The second is second epistles, beloved, I now write unto you in both which are stored up your pure minds by way of remembrance. That you may be mindful of the words which were spoken before by the holy prophets and of the commandment as of us, the apostles, and the Lord and Savior. It's wonderful to recognize the purpose of reminding the people constantly. It's in order to stir up not the unpure mind, but the pure minds of people. The pure mind of the saints, the pure mind of the believers. God only there, he says, he says, I will use the way of stirring up your mind by the way of remembrance. That's why the preacher has to remind the people with the same word of God. I thank God that we have that the only purpose that we have is to remind you about the word of God. It's not to add something new. It's not to re remove something new. But take the word of God as is and remind the people this is what God said. But we heard it last week. Yes, you have to hear again this week because that's the way to stir up your pure mind. First Timothy 4, 6 says, If thy poor thy brethren remembrance of these things, that shall be a good minister of Jesus Christ. Nourished up in the words of faith and of good doctrine, whereunto thou hast attained. You want to be a good minister of Jesus Christ. Don't always try to find new things or new revelation. Just put your brethren in remembrance of the things the prophet and the Bible have said. That the only, that's why the prophet will emphasize and says, 
going to read a quote here in the exposition of the church. It says, in every age we have exactly the same pattern. That is why the light comes through some God-given messenger in a certain area. And then from that messenger there spreads the light through the ministry of others who have been faithfully taught. But of course, all those who go out don't always learn how necessary it is to speak only what the messenger has spoken. That's why we have our one burden is to repeat what the prophet has spoken. There is no greater revelation than the revelation that we have received. If you take the word of God and you put something on your own thought, your own mind, it's not pure as the way the prophet received it. The life is only in the word of God as it has been given by the prophet of this age. Remember, Paul warned the people to say only what he said. 1 Corinthians 14, 37. If any man think himself to be a prophet of a spiritual, let him acknowledge that the things that are right unto you are the commandment of the Lord. This is the warning that is important because the fresh manna from the presence of the glory of Shekinah is continually good. You cannot say the word that has been spoken by the prophet in this age it has faded or it has lost its power. It still has the same power as the when it was spoken through the lips of the William Marion Branham. Do you want a revival? If you want a revival, do you feel like you are stagnant? Let me tell you the secret is to come back to the word of God. In the purity of the word of God. Because we must be very careful. The danger of not saying what the messenger said is that when they, you add something, you take away something, and soon the message is not pure anymore, and the revival dies down. The revival does not even, oh, oh, the revival is dying down. How can I, I feel like in my life I'm, I'm stagnant. I'm, I, I don't feel any progress anymore. Let me tell you, the secret is come back to the word of God. Sometimes different people are a different way. Some people, you know, some people, personally me, I, I like to read. I like to read, I like to underline, and uh, sometimes I even have to write it down myself, then, then I feel connected to it. But sometimes at the busy life, and you say, oh, no, I just have to put and listen, and you listen, and you feel like, oh, yeah, something's missing. Each person is different. Look how you feel. Look how you get more from the word of God. Maybe you need a quiet time to stay on the side. Maybe just a quality time with God. If that's the way God has been spoken to, speaking to you and you felt like that was the way you were drawing closer to God, let me tell you, you need to come back to those times and make sure that God still speaks to you in a direct way. Don't take a substitute because of lack of time and you think, oh, I'll just hear, I'll just make it in the background. I'll, I'll, no, make time for God. Make sure that the word of God is penetrating your soul. That's the only source of strength in the time that we are living in. That's my purpose to emphasize, remember? My purpose to emphasize is to remind you that the life is only in the pure word of God. Every fresh and true revival will be because men have gotten back to the word for their age. Exposition of the church, seven church ages. Peter will say again in 2 Peter, Wherefore I will be not negligent to put you always in remembrance of these things, that you know them and be established in the present truth. 
Yeah, I think it's me as long as I am in this tabernacle to stir you up by the putting you in remembrance, knowing that shortly I must put off this, my tabernacle, even as our Lord Jesus Christ has showed me. Moreover, I will endure that you may be able after my decease to have these things always in remembrance. You want to be established in the present truth, go through the way of remembrance. Don't get, oh, I've listened to the tapes and I've, I've, I've taken it for some, some time. Go back to it. Listen to it again. Listen to it again. Read it. Go over it. You put some note. Go over it. That's the way you get established in the word of truth, in the present truth. Amen. There is no substitute to that. That's the way to become strong in this time. One of the work of the Holy Ghost, remember, is to remind us of his promise. The Holy Ghost comes to remove the spiritual amnesia. The Holy Ghost comes to tell us who we are. The Holy Ghost comes to tell us the word of truth. Amen. Remember the promise that Jesus said, the Holy Spirit, when he shall come, he shall bring you, he shall bring you to whole truth. He shall lead you to whole truth. The evidence of the baptism of the Holy Ghost is when the Holy Ghost brings you back to the word of God. You cannot say you have the Holy Ghost and you deny the Word of God. The Holy Ghost feeds only upon the Word of God. The Holy Ghost brings you back to the Word of God. Amen. That's what the Holy Ghost comes to do. He comes to make us aware that we are not earthbound now. We are heavenbound. The Holy Ghost comes to tell us, remind us that we are already dead to the things of the world and our lives are hid in Him through Christ, that we are raised with Him. Amen. The Holy Ghost comes to tell us what we used to be in God's mind, that we have to be manifest in our age. The Holy Ghost comes to tell us the real identity of who we are. When I think about the Holy Ghost, let me tell you, the message is what will give you the Holy Ghost in our time. You cannot be born again without the message of the hour. The message of the hour is the uncorruptible seed by which you have to be born again. The message of the hour is what shall give you life in this time of Laodicea. As you remember the Lord, remember you have to remind him of his promise. Even though God is infinite, he still remembers. He still has the quality of remembering. He still has the quality of remembering. Go to the Bible of said, I'll read some of them here. God remembered Noah and every living thing and all the cattle that was with him. The Bible says God remembered Noah. The Bible says God established a covenant with Noah and all the people with him. So that whenever you see the rainbow, God remembers that himself, that I shall not punish, I shall not punish the earth with a flood. God has a quality to remember his own covenant. Let me tell you, if God has made a covenant with his bride, he has the ability to remember the covenant with his bride. Remember, Revelation 10 is a, is a covenant that God is having with the bride. So whenever God looks into the message, looks into the token, he remembers his own covenant with the bride. Remember, we are living in a time of the adoption, in the season of the adoption, in the season of the rapture. God has to have a covenant with his own bride. Are you following me so far? If you can have confidence in God's word that we see every time when we see the rainbow, how much more can we have confidence in the rainbow that is the cloud of Revelation 10? 
Every time that the Lord Jesus Christ looks at it, he remembers his everlasting covenant. He ever remembers his signs, always loyal to it through the years, never fails to give that rainbow sign. He always gives his sign. You know, whenever you look at that sign, you know that there won't be flood like in time of Noah. It can never fail no matter what. No matter how many days there's been raining, we can't say it for our time that it's not corresponding to this week or maybe tomorrow. I, I didn't. But no matter how it, 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 how it pours, and you know that God's words cannot be broken. Put in a spiritual term, term now. Whenever you see the condition of Laodicea, no matter how it goes dark, how deep it goes, no matter the disappointment, you know that God's covenant can never be broken. You know that there will be a rapture. You know that there will be a resurrection. You know that there will be a body change. You know that you will have an overcoming life. You know that you will overcome this generation. Why? God's words can never be broken. Praise be to God. You should give confidence to the bride that God can never break his own word. If you can see it in the natural, how much more real it is in the spiritual realm. Because the word of God is true. The Bible says in Genesis 19, it came to pass when God destroyed the city of the plain. God remembered Abraham and sent Lot out of the midst of the overthrow. If the Bible says God remembered Abraham and saved Lot... Therefore, Lord, we can say to God, God, remember Calvary. Remember Calvary and save my loved ones. Remember Calvary and save my soul. Remember Calvary and heal me. Remember your own promises for your circumstances that you are going through. God, remember Rachel and, and God hearkened to her and opened her womb. The prophet says he's happy that God can remember Simple thought, but at the same time powerful. The old sacrifice was to bring things to remembrance constantly to the believer and God, to the believer and to God that they were sinners. That was Hebrews 10 says, For when they would not have ceased to be offered, because that the worshippers once purged should have had no more conscience of sins, but in those sacrifices there is remembrance again made of sins every year. For it is not possible that the blood of bulls and of God should take away sins. Wherefore, when he cometh into the world, he saith, Sacrifice and offering that wouldest not, but a body as thou prepared me. In burnt offering and sacrifices for sin, they hast, thou hast no pleasure. Remember, realize here, notice here that in the old sacrifices, there was always remembrance of a sin every time that it was offered. But God gave a promise here in Jeremiah 21, 34. And they shall teach no more every man his neighbor and every man his brother, saying, Know the Lord, for they shall all know me from the least of them unto the greatest of them, save the Lord, for I will forgive their iniquity and I will remember the sin no more. Even though, is, even though God is infinite, still he has the ability of not remembering our sins. 
Once because of the power of the blood of the Lord Jesus Christ. Because of that blood, it removed the sins. Not only covers the sins, but it removed the sins completely to the point that God cannot remember them anymore. So what was the problem? Sometimes we try to remind God of our sins that he cannot remember them anymore. That already put in the sea of forgetfulness to not remember them anymore. The blood of the Lord Jesus Christ shall never lose its power. It takes completely of the guiltiness of sins and put it aside and give justification to the believer. The prophet will say the church in the coming messages from tonight on don't fail to see it. See the day that we are living in. Remember the blood of Jesus Christ takes sin so far from you when you are not even in the remembrance of God anymore. And they are not even in the remembrance of God anymore. It takes all stains. So the blood, what the blood of Jesus Christ turns something that has been so dirty like this, consider this as your sin, and turn it to something completely white like this. God cannot remember what was written here anymore. So don't take that burden upon yourself to come and remind God. God, you know this, 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 this. But you already confessed that. I don't remember that anymore. That's why God calls Satan a liar. Because he comes to God and tries to accuse you of the things of the past and God is saying but you are nothing but a liar because what you are saying I can't even remember it anymore my memory is completely blank to that so you are nothing else but a liar let him continue to do the work of the liar because God is not there anymore that's the power of the bleach of the blood of Jesus Christ And the bleach has took every sin so far away that there's not even ever a remembrance of it. Not nothing but purity. Perfect. So the brothers, how can you be complete? By the blood of Jesus Christ. God wants us to remind him of his promise that he made us a believer. He not to remind him of the things that you did. But he wants you to remind him of his own promise towards him. He says, God comes through the message to tell us that the sons of God were doing before. God comes and tells us what the message, or the message comes and tells us what God was thinking about us before the foundation of the world. I think Brother Andrew mentioned that last time. In our, in our mind, we cannot think about it. But God comes through the message and, and reminds us the thing that we can't remember through our own memory now. And tells you, you have always been part of me. The shouting minister is losing his voice. Sir. God comes through the message to tell us that the sons of God, that we are sons of God, we were in God's minds before the foundation of the world. We don't become God's children by the new birth. We have always been sons of God. The new birth comes only to reveal that we have always been sons of God. God likes to see the same thing that he put inside of us come to manifestation. When you remind God of his own word, it shows the degree of your maturity in the word of God. 
If you see that the children, they come as they're growing, they come to a level where they start reminding you the things that you told them. Remember you told me this, you told me this. Can you fulfill your own promise? And when you put you down that situation, you say yes. Either you have to say, okay, I postpone it or something. But God, when it is in the season, there is no way he can postpone it. It has to be fulfilled in that time when you remind him about his own promise. God, you gave me that promise that if I confess my sins and be baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, I shall receive the token. I shall receive the Holy Ghost. It is in the season and God is nothing, is, is nothing but obliged to give you that promise of the token. Because of the full obedience to the whole world entitles you to the token. Because of your promises that God gave you and you come and remind God his own promises, he's obliged to fulfill his own promises. God likes to see the same thing that he put inside of us to be manifested. To prove even to the enemy that he put something inside of you. Sometimes he put you to a trial just to show what God has put inside of you. No, no, maybe... Personally, I don't like it, but, but we have to go through it. <laughs> the prophet says, possessing the enemy gate was only a few years later when the trials come and the church got all shook up as it is as easy, so easy for a congregation of people to do when something just don't seem to happen the way it's supposed to be. God makes it that way. He brings tension into the church. Every son that comes to God must be tried and proven and tested. That's why he's checking, is he going to be murmuring? Or is he going to be reminding me of my own promise in those situations? He says, he lets, he lets sickness strikes you. Is he going to be murmuring? Or is he going to be to remind me of my promise? He lets disease come upon you to test you and to prove you, to show the world that you are truly the seed of Abraham. You know that yourself that you are a son of God, but God sometimes put us in situations to show the world that we are the sons of God. To show the world that he put something inside of us that cannot react and that we react in a different way, the way, the different way from the way the world reacts. Just to show that. He permits it by his own will. He permits disasters. He permits the friends to turn against you. He permits all these things and turns the devil loose to tempt you. And will do all but take your life. Because the devil cannot take your life without asking permission from God first. God cannot, the devil cannot defeat God's purpose. God's purpose can never be defeated. So God is in control over every situation. May God help us to get away from the complaining and come to God's promises. God, you said so in your word. I don't want to look to my symptoms. I will look to what your word of God is saying. It says, He could throw you on a bed of affliction. He could turn your neighbors against you. He could turn the church against you. He can do most anything, and it's God's will for him to do it. Oh, praise be to God. 
I will tell you, I'll be honest with you, do all these things I say, I'll say, God, be merciful to me. May God be merciful to each other. I don't want any of us to go through those things. But if they happen, may God give us grace to go through this with a victorious life. We are told that it's more precious than gold to us. What about Abraham with Isaac on the mountain, the one the promise was given? And by his loyalty and his knowing and his faith in, in, Je, in, in Jehovah, it's true that and that alone that God looked down and said, his seed shall possess the gate. Now the message says, shall possess the gate after trials. You cannot have a victory without trials. I've sworn by myself that I will do these things. There is no one greater he could swear by, so he swear by himself. Then if he let Abraham to be tested to the final point, he's got to test you and me for that final moment, the time of decision when everything is away from you. You have to stand alone there. What is your reaction when you stand alone with God? Are you reminding God of his own word? Or are you complaining? Hallelujah, the prophet says. That's it. Stand alone. Walk out there and say, Though he slay me, yet I'll trust him. That's the seed of Abraham. That's the one that gives the promise. No matter what the rest of them say, the rest of them do. For me and my house will serve God. Said if the rest of them say there is nothing to the experience, it's a bunch of excitement for me and my house will serve God. And I like to take up with Paul right here and say, in the way that's called heresy, so worship I the God of my father. Though that the title come to in the church and though to be twisted and though they all be kinds of false prophets and everything come into the church amongst the people in the neighborhood and everything, but for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. Though all of them quit coming and though the church gets called and different, me and my house, we will serve the Lord. Remember, you see, it becomes a personal revelation. It becomes a personal decision. It becomes a personal determination. It doesn't depend on your children. It doesn't depend on your husband. It doesn't depend on your wife. It's your own determination. God, you spoke to me, and I responded to the call, and I'm going all the way with you. Though if someone was prayed for and didn't get well, that has nothing to do with me. For me and my house, we will serve the Lord. The testing and trials. Men are not infallible, but God is infallible. Man, you get your mind on a man, you'll make a mistake. He said, maybe he might not do it willfully, but God will permit that he makes a mistake so that you take your trust away from the man and you put that trust on God. If you're a real son of God, God will make that happen so that you take your focus from that man and put it on God. Because he wants you to look up to him, to remind him of his promises. Not to rely on a man, not to rely on the government, not to rely on any church, but on Christ, the solid rock of church. That's where the true seed of Abraham rests their promise. Because they can only be the seed of Abraham when they receive the Holy Spirit. Without the Holy Spirit, they are not the seed of Abraham. 
And the same faith that was in Abraham comes into the believer, no matter what takes place or how contrary the believer marches right on. Amen. This is something you can identify to it. Amen. This morning, you say, no, no matter what happens, no matter the circumstances, I keep marching on. I'm on a promise for the promised land. Amen. I'm on a journey for a promised land. Amen. God used Job to prove to Satan that he had someone he could put his trust on. Even Job didn't know what was happening, but God was doing all these things just to see, to show to Satan, you see my servant in whom I put my trust. I put my seed inside of him, and I know he's going to respond according to what I gave him. What is inside of him is going to be manifested. He's going to come and remind to me about my word. He will curse and he, might, he will say anything. He will curse the day of when he was born and anything. But he can never curse me. He can never curse me. Amen. <laughs> Glory to God. I feel good now. That same faith for Abraham was in Caleb. Look at the attitude of Caleb. Caleb still the people before Moses. When other people look at the obstacles and look at other things, we cannot overcome, we cannot take that land. This is too difficult for us. We are just like grasshoppers. Caleb said, no, you have to, you have to stay quiet. This is not the time to complain. This is not the time to be murmuring. This is not the time to say blah, blah, blah things. This is the time to go to the word of God. Moses told us that we shall possess this land. Let's tell God that we can possess this land. It's not the time to say, oh, no, you have this, I cannot overcome this, I'm this, I'm, I'm slave of those things. You have the power by the Holy Ghost to overcome all these things. Because the word of God has the power to cast away any demons. Amen. Caleb reminded God by believing what God said. And confessing that what God said will come to pass. Even when he was in the promised land, he came to Joshua and reminded Joshua about the promise God gave him. He said, Joshua, remember Moses gave me a portion in the land. He gave me this mountain. Now I'm as strong as when, God, when Moses gave me this promise. Can you give me my mountain? That's the promise to the bride now. It's not the time just to rely on a, on a promise that the prophet gave us. Now is the time that we can possess our land. We can come to Joshua with the type of the Holy Spirit. Joshua, give me my mountain. Joshua, give me my healing. Joshua, give me the baptism of the Holy Ghost. Joshua, give me my children. Joshua, give me a good health. Joshua, give me my loved ones. That's our promise, praise be to God. Why? Because we are living in a time of the maturity. We are living in a time of adoption. We are living in a time where we recognize we are not babies anymore. We know what the word of God says about us. And we say, that's me there. You look into the mirror of the word of God. You say, Papa, Mommy, that's me. Praise be to God. Claiming your right is a sign of maturity. Why do you always cry? Speak. It's the time you take the word of God and you speak the word of God. 
this belongs to me. Lord, I cannot just always come here and be slave of these things, be slave of these things. God, give me a victory life. There is power in the blood of Jesus Christ. There is power in the message of the hour. There is power in the things I've heard. You delivered me from that point. You can deliver me from the cigarette. You can deliver me from drink. You can deliver me from pornography. You can deliver me from all the different things. You are the same God. A child does not know his right, but a mature child of God knows where he's standing. And you are coming to God, you are claiming to God, not complaining, but saying, God, that's what the word of God promises. I can live a sanctified life. Lord, give me that sanctified life. Amen? Praise be to God. The prophet says in the message, Old Boy, say the boy had lost his horses months before, couldn't find them. The guide was pulling him out, said, Oscar, you know better than to leave them horses like that. The bears, Lord of Grizzly, will eat them horses up by this time. And he kept standing close to me, and he said, one night he said, me ask you something? I said, yes. And said, Brother Banam, pray God, God give me my ponies back. I said, bad. Bad said the bear, eat them up. I said, Brother Banam, ask God. God give Oscar his ponies back. He's not questioning, he's not trying to understand how it can happen. He all knows that if God can give life to someone who was dead, he can give those ponies back. Even if he has to recreate them, he can recreate them to give them back to me. The only thing I'm asking you, you just ask God and God will make it happen. If a person can have trust in those ponies who went through the winter, how much more God can give us back for our loved ones? How much more God give us a victory for a pure life. It's a genuine desire and God is more than obliged in the season we are living in to give that desire. And Brother Banam asked God, and I said, you believe that, Oscar? I said, I believe. God make my mother well. God tell you where bear was, where game was. So he's telling, he's become his mature. He says, you see what God did there? The same God who did there, the same God who made us cross the Red Sea, is the same God who can give us victory towards anything. The same God who delivered you from cigarettes and delivered you from those things. If you don't trust that you did it on your own work, then maybe you don't have that absolute point, absolute of reference. But if you have a personal revelation, you know that God delivered me from that thing, not on my own strength, not by power, not by might, but by the Holy Spirit. The same God who delivered me there is the same God who can deliver me today from this thing. In the same God, I can apply the same faith for, for, for my children. I can apply the same faith for my brothers, my sisters. It's the same God today. Sometimes God makes us to go through trials to become a stepping stone later on in our, in, our, in, our, in, our, in our journey. As you are going through it, you don't know it, but it becomes, oh God, oh, praise be to God that you helped me there. 
And Sister Ketcha is saying, God, you took me by my hand there. You helped me there. You helped me there. You are the same God today, Lord. It's not the God, why this? Why this? Why this? No, it's the same God who delivered me there. It's the same God who can deliver me here. I'll just read this because it's just good. It says, that God know where game is, know where my horses is. A year ago, while standing back there with Fred Sotman, who is here tonight, Billy Paul, my son, the Holy Spirit came down and I said, Oscar, you will find your ponies. You will, they will be standing in snow. There lays the letter wrote me last week, and I got it Friday, come in here. It's laying right there in the file now. Brother Banam, Oscar, find ponies standing in snow. How they live, nobody knows. The boy at this time of year, June, there is so much snow. There is still 20 or 30 foot of snow around them. How did they, how did they stay there through the winter in this canyon? Oscar can't in to them and snowshoes, but cross. He can't put snowshoes in on these ponies, but he found them. <laughs> oddball. The believer had to be the hardball in this time. <laughs> Let's give a hand to the Lord. God, make us all balls in this generation. Make us those nuts. You know, without those nuts, you'll just have a, what I'm saying, you're just a bunch of junk. Exactly. Amen. The same God is here to give you whatever you have need of. That's what the prophet is saying. You pray to get your promise. You have a promise. God gives you a promise. You can't get to that promise. How can I get to that promise? He says, you pray to get to that promise. God gives you a, a promise. In order to obtain that promise, you fight for that promise. Through prayer. You pray that promise through cutting that same promise back to God. That's how you get that promise. The prophet says God keeps his word. That's the way I did when I became a Christian. I realized that every promise in the word was mine. And I seen a promise I couldn't get to it. And if I seen a promise I couldn't get to it, I prayed till God taken me up to it. It's mine. It belongs to me. It's my possession. It's your possession. Healing is yours. Joy is yours. Peace is yours. Love is yours. Love, suffering, goodness, meekness, gentleness, it all belongs to you. The devil will try to rob it from you. Fellowship is yours. Everything is yours. The world is yours. You own it all. It belongs to you. I'm quoting the prophet here, not a man, but a prophet. Amen. It's a prophet, a man, but the word of God coming to the prophet is that save the Lord. It's God's promise. But if you are baptized into this big arcade, then stay with it till God confirms the word for sure for you. Amen. So that's why the power of prayer, the power of prayer is not to bring God down. The power of prayer is to bring us up to the promise of God. 
That's why the prophet was saying, what the prophet prayer does, prayer is not exactly bringing God down to a man. It's bringing man up to God. So if there is a promise here in the Bible, and you are here at the bottom, the more you are praying, it's the more you are getting to that promise. You pray, more God, that's your promise. By your stripes, I'm healed. It's written there. As you are praying and cutting and reminding God of his own promises, you are going through the steps and getting more and more to the word of promise of God. That's why it's important as a mature Christian, you remind God his own promises. It says... As you pray, you lose sight of these earthly things. Sometimes we look at prayer. My sister sent me a quote, and it was online of what I was saying. It was not a quote, but um, a writing. And it says, sometimes we don't understand what prayer is. We look at prayer like... Oh, I didn't get this. I didn't get this. I didn't get this. I didn't get as I wanted. But you don't know the the power of prayer. Prayer is helping you to get rid of things that you don't know, that you need to get rid of. As more as you are praying, you realize that, oh, I don't have that indifference anymore. The more as you are praying, you realize that I don't have that jealousy anymore. The more you are praying, I don't have that envy the more you are praying, I don't have that last. The more I'm praying, I become sensitive to God's word. The more I'm praying, I realize that I can stay in contact with God. When the word is coming, I receive it clearly. Maybe it's not only oh, I want this car, I want these things. But the more you are praying with God through this one word, you are getting rid of things, of the earthly things. That's why the prophet, if you can go to the language of the prophet, as you pray, you lose sight of these earthly things. The things that are pulling you down as you are praying, you are going up to God more and more. The more you are reminding God of his own word, you are getting up and more and more to God. You sway out into somewhere else, way beyond, on and on and on, till you become into his presence. And a faith that have laid it out before God said, now here, here it is. I want to get well for this cause. I want to do this for me, for this cause. I want you to heal me from this cancer of the TB or anemia condition, whatever. I will walk before you. I will do everything I can. I will give this testimony everywhere I do. I will be happy to do that, Lord. I will use my life not for myself. I will use it for your glory to help others to see you. You are giving me a reason to go why you want to be healed, not for selfish things, but for God's glory. Just imagine that you remind the Lord about these promises. You promise God a little while, you say a little while, and the world won't see me. Lord, they don't see him. They don't see you at the dog race tonight. But I want the world to see you in me. Lord, you gave me a promise, draw nigh unto me, and I will draw nigh unto you. Father, I'm drawing nigh unto you. Lord, come and fulfill your word, draw nigh unto me. If you can just listen and say, Lord, oh, Lord, you said if I listen to you, 
You will make ways where there is no way. Lord, I'm listening to you, Lord. Make ways where there is no way. That's your word. Lord, you say the bride will be a virgin word bride. Lord, make me a virgin word, word, virgin word bride. That's what you are praying back to God according to his own promises. Lord, you said that God's purpose can never be defeated. There's nothing that can defeat it. Every time you receive the word, you receive life. Lord, I receive your word in my heart. I want to receive your life. Full obedience to the whole word of God, we entitle you to the token. Lord, I'm obedient to your word. Give me your token. If you abide in me and my words abide in you, you shall ask all that you want. Lord, I'm abiding in your word, and your words abide in me. Give me my desire, Lord. God, you told me I'm God's masterpiece. Lord, here I am. Even though I'm in these weaknesses, I know you can change those weaknesses into strength. I'm your masterpiece. Your word says I'm your masterpiece. I'm sure God is looking and says, he knows what he's talking about. She knows what he's talking about. Lord, you told me I'm part of the world by predestination. I didn't choose myself. You chose me. Lord, I want to become your word. Receiving the whole word without compromise. Just going back a little bit in the type here. Jacob reminded God of his command his, his and his promise. In Genesis 32, he says, 32, 9, Jacob said, O God of my father Abraham, O God of my father Isaac, verse 9, the Lord which said us unto me, return unto thy country and to thy kindred, kindred, I will deal well with thee. He's telling God what God told him. And he said, God, you told me to go. You told Abraham these words. And you told me these words. <clears throat> so come. And he says, I'm not worthy of the least of all the mercies and of all the truth which thou hast showed unto thy servant. For with my staff, I, for, for, for with my staff I passed over this Jordan, and now I am become two bands. Deliver me, I pray thee, from the hand of my brother, from the hand of his soul. For I fear him, lest I will come and smite me and the mother with the children. And that says, and thou saidest, I will surely do thee good, and make thy seed as the sand of the sea, which cannot be numbered by multitude. I would say this is a wonderful prayer from Jacob. First of all, he's exalting God, how great he is, what he has done for his father, what he has done for his grandfather. He recognized how low he is. Lord, I'm the lowest. I'm not worthy of all these things. He's not going to God, you know, I'm worthy of this. I'm worthy of this. This is what I've done. I've done. Lord, I'm not worthy of all these things. But you gave me a promise. You told me I will go and you shall give me, you shall make me prosper. It's your promise. Look at the angel in front of me, Father. Come and deliver me from this. You remind God of his own promise. God likes to bring us in the condition where sometimes we are in a great desperation so that we can look up to him and remind him of his own promises. Jacob got to that condition then God came in the scene, and Jacob had a, 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 a wrestle with God, and his name was changed. In order for his name to be changed, 
He had to go through a trial. I'll take another example through the Bible here. Just to, are you still with me? No, we are getting to closer to noon. I still want your attention here and here, not down there. So you remember first the promise of God through the prophet Moses. Joshua reminded the Lord of his promise. Moses gave this promise, Deuteronomy 7:24. And he shall deliver the kings in thine hand, and they shall destroy their name from under heaven. They shall no man be able to stand before thee until they have destroyed them. That the promise that Joshua took and the promise that God renewed in Joshua chapter 1. But when Joshua realized that some of the soldiers were killed, some of the people were killed, Joshua had to stop because of what Achan Achan did and caused death in the camp. Because of what Achan did, there was death in the midst of the camp. Remember, it shows that we are just one body. It shows that our actions affect the whole body. It shows that our unconfessed sins affect the whole body. No, we can be quiet on this part, but it's important. Amen? Amen. Because we are part of one body, we have to make sure that we wash ourselves through the blood of Jesus Christ. We get clean constantly through the word of God. By the word of the word of God, we get washed constantly. We confess our sins. We live a clean heart. But let me look at this. The prophet what says, says here, let's give it a challenge. He says, I challenge any disease of any affliction, anything there is, every jaw lowest there is in the country with all of his infidelity and all of the unbelievers that there is to bring any sickness or affliction in this door and they will walk out here perfectly whole if the whole congregation is completely clean. If we stand upon the word of God, if God fills us with the Holy Ghost, there is nothing that can challenge the body of Christ. That nothing can stand in the way of the living word of God. Amen. And says, they killed Achan. After they killed Achan, family and all, and burned their ashes and left it there for a memorial, Joshua went right on through the battles and taking everything without a scratch or a wound. If God, if Joshua could stand upon God's promise, knowing that he will never fail, and Joshua knew in that he had I mean, something happened in the, in the camp and he saw a death, he could identify that something was wrong. But when something was, when that thing that was wrong was rectified, God remembered the promise that he gave to Joshua. God remembered the promise that he gave to Joshua to fulfill that promise. And you see in Joshua 10, 24, and I like this, this, this scripture, because Joshua is telling the people here, he says, it came to pass that they brought out those kings into Joshua, that called, Joshua called all the men of Israel. It's not the prophet doing that. It's not the Holy Ghost by itself doing that. He's calling my brother. He's calling my sister. He's calling all the leaders. He's calling all the Christians. He says, you come here. You have to do this to the enemy. You have to show where is the place that they have to belong to. The place that they have to belong to is what God gave to Moses. And that place has to be under your feet. (laughs) 
Satan's place is under your feet. Don't let him just walk around into your land. You put him under your feet. That's the place he has to stay and make sure that he stay there and be dead completely under your feet. I want to remind you the bride of Jesus Christ. The blood of Jesus Christ has not lost its power. The blood of Jesus, the name of the Lord Jesus Christ has not lost its power. It can still and is still bringing Satan under our feet. It says, come near and put your feet upon the necks of these kings. They came near and put their feet upon the necks of the king. And Joshua said unto them, fear not. Bride of Jesus Christ, fear not. Be not dismayed, be strong and of good courage. For thus saith the Lord, do all to your enemies against whom you fight. Because it's not your battle, it's the Lord's battle. When you are reminding God of his own promises, it's not your battle, it becomes God's battle. It's an example to show to all that we are living that we can put Satan and we shall put Satan under our feet. We are ordained to be overcomers in our time. Let Satan hear that. We are ordained to be overcomers. Nothing shall stand upon the way of the bride. The prophet, the Bible says in Numbers 10, 8, 10, The sons of Aaron the priest shall blow with the trumpet, and it shall be to you for an ordinance forever throughout your generation. And if you go to war in your land against the enemy that oppressed you, then you shall blow an alarm with the trumpet. And you shall be remembered before the Lord your God, and you shall be saved from your enemies. Also in the day of your gladness and your solemn days, in the beginning of your month, you shall blow with the trumpet over your burnt offerings and over the sacrifices of your peace offering, that they may be to you for a memorial before your God. I am the Lord your God. Let me remind you, every time that you go, every time that you, you go and fight with the enemy, what the Lord is telling you, blow your trumpet. Blow the gospel trumpet. Every time that you are going through a difficult time, what you have to do is not to complain, is to blow the gospel trumpet. It's to proclaim, the Lord is still my salvation. The Lord is still my healer. The Lord is still the conqueror. The Lord is still the one who gives me rapturing faith. The Lord is the one who delivered me still the same yesterday, today, and forever. Every time that you blow the trumpet, you are remembered by the Lord. Every time that you are reminding the Lord through the trumpet, the gospel trumpet, the Lord remembers you. Amen. King Ezekiel, in the presence of the Assyrians, he reminded God that who he is and what the other gods was. He sounded the trumpet of God. He reminded God of the promise of Moses. We can read it in the Bible. In the Bible, in 2 Kings 19, like I told you, I will have a lot of scriptures, but I want to just take that example to, to put my point here. Ezekiel prayed before God and said, O Lord God of Israel, which dwelleth between the cherub and the heart of God, even thou alone, and of all the kingdoms of the earth, that hast made heaven and earth. You see how he's exhorting God? They have made heaven and earth. Lord, bow down thine ear and hear. Open, Lord, thine ears and see, the eyes and see. 
Hear the words of Sennacherim, which has sent him to reproach the living God. Of truth, the Lord, the kings of Assyria, have destroyed the nations and the lands and have cast the gods into the fire. There were no gods. By the work of man's hands, wood and stone, therefore they have destroyed them. What Sennacherim is saying is not wrong. They have destroyed all these nations because he was boasting, you see what we have done to this nation. We see what we have done to this. You see, did God deliver them? They didn't deliver them. They didn't do these things. And, and Ezekiel is, is coming there and telling God, it's true what he's saying. It's not wrong. But the only difference, their gods are not you. Their gods are not God. Their gods cannot speak. Their gods cannot hear. They cannot walk. The only fabrication of man, but you are the living God. You are the one who makes the difference. You are the one who has to deliver me according to your own promise. He didn't come and complain. He came and exalted God. In a situation that you are going through, let me give you a secret to you and to me. Sometimes it's hard to pray and to praise God when things are not going the way you want to go. But the secret is not to bow your head down and say, why this, why this? The secret is to praise God more and more. Like Sister Catherine prayed, worship the Lord all the time. Things don't work, worship the Lord. Things work, worship the Lord. All the time, worship the Lord. That's why the devil is confused. He's puzzled. He doesn't know how to deal with those people. I try all my best, but they keep praising the Lord. I try to do everything on Job, but he's still praising the Lord who created him. How come? Because God put something inside of him that is responding to him. It's not the ability of man. It's what God put inside that is responding to God's word. Now, O Lord, I, God, I beseech you, save us. And the Bible says in verse, in, verse, in verse 20, Lord heard the prayer. Verse 34, I will defend the city to save it for my own sake and for my servant David's sake. Not even for you, but for my own sake. For my own glory, I will do it. Because you have caught the word of God, I will do it for my glory. The king Jehoshaphat took, said the same thing. I'll just go through it quickly and I will close. This is one of my favorite scriptures because it has the 2020 vision. Believe in the Lord your God, so shall he be established. Believe the prophet, so shall he prosper. When Jehoshaphat was under the attack, he looked at it and said, in his prayer, verse 6, 2 Chronicles 20, verse 6 says, Oh, Lord, God of my father. Are not thou God in heaven? Rulest not thou over all the kingdoms of the heathen? And in time hand, in thine hand is there not power and might, so that none is able to withstand thee? Are not thou our God and this strive, drive out the inhabitants of this land before thy people of Israel and gave it to the seed of Abraham thy friend forever? They dwelleth therein and have built thee a sanctuary therein by thy name, saying, If when evil comes upon us, as the sword, judgment, pestilence, the famine, we stand before this house in thy presence, for thy name is in this house, and cry unto thee in our affliction, 
Then I will hear and help. He's calling God. He's reminding God of his own promise. This is your promise. Like Jonah, remind, remember the God's promise and reminding God his own promise. The same King Joseph had this coming God. This is your promise. We come to your temple. We, we build your temple for you. This is your house. God, may you come and intervene in this situation. And he says, Now behold the children of Ammon and Moab and Mount Zir, whom thou wouldest not let Israel invade. When they come out of the land of Egypt, but they turn from them, destroy them not. Behold, I say, how they reward us to come to cast us of thy possession, which thou hast given us to inherit. He's calling the land God's possession. This is the possession, your possession, that you gave us to inherit. Your children are God's inheritance. It's God's possession that he gave to you to inherit. Your health is God's possession that he gave to you to inherit. The Holy Ghost is God himself that dwells in you. Make what God has given to you God's possession. The Bible says, verse 15, How can he, O Judah, the inhabitant of Jerusalem, just keep for safe time, it says, 17, Oh, you shall not need to fight in this battle. Set yourself and stand still. See the salvation of the Lord with you. Oh, Judah and Jerusalem, fear not, nor be dismissed, dismayed. Tomorrow go out against them, for the Lord will be with you. And Jehoshaphat bowed his head with his face to the ground, and all Judah and the inhabitants of Jerusalem fell before the Lord and worshipped the Lord. They started worshipping the Lord before the victory. Don't wait over. I have to see this. I have to see this before I worship the Lord. You start worshiping the Lord at this stage where you are in. Lord, I will start worshiping you in the stage and Him. I know the victory is on my way. I know you promised your word and I continue to worship you. Worshiping the Lord is to exalt how great He is, how marvelous He is, how wonderful things He has done and will continue to do in the midst of trials. Verse 20, 21, 20, 20 is what I read. And when he consulted with the people, he appointed singers unto the Lord, that they should praise the beauty of holiness. They went out before the army and to say, praise the Lord for his mercy and endures forever. In the trial that you are going through, you need to appoint the right singers. Sometimes you are going through a trial, don't put lamentation singers don't put uh, memorial singers. No, no, no. You choose, the, you appoint the right singers. This is the right singer to put here who's praising the Lord. This is the right singer say, God, you are mighty. You're the right singer say, God, you are the healer. You're the right God, you are the deliverer. You are the God of salvation. You're the God of victory. You are the same yesterday, today, and forever. This is the singer who's saying, the God of Barabanam is still alive. You appoint the right singer for the situation you are going through, and God will give you the victory. God bless you this, this morning. Amen. Amen. God is worthy to be praised. 
He deserves our glory, the glory and the honor. Brother Dan, help me to sing some few songs as we worship the Lord. Count your blessings. Name them one by one. The time to show the devil that we are God. On life's billows, you are tempest-tossed. When you are discouraged, thinking all is lost. Count your many blessings, name them one by one. And it will surprise you what the Lord has Thank you, Jesus.